Welcome back, everyone, to another cool and casual installment of Anime Was Not a Mistake. As always, I am one of your hosts, Dan, just a simple man wondering why the entirety of the RoboCop remake is up on TikTok right now, mm. but who knows. Mm. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Jonathan Gwajkowski, and I missed half a day of skiing for this. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we Justice had two was... victories in this country. Justice was done, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, you know, she said, see you on the slopes, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And I'd Sim- do it again, too. Symbolically suing for $1, plus legal fees. Pl- yeah. Plus legal fees. Yeah. 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 So. But uh, still, uh, a coup de grace happened in the courtroom. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, the biggest the biggest <laughs> anime news of the week was Gwyneth Paltrow winning her ski crash uh, case, uh, I guess. And we raise our uh, tubs of bone broth in celebration. It, it took some twists and turns because both sides looked stupid, but in the end... I well, guess... we are sorry for that, man. Never be able to go to a wine tasting again, but, uh, you yeah, know, it, you it, mess it, with the queen. <laughs> it, like, if you popped in at any given random time, you, you couldn't exactly be sure who was in the wrong, but then by the end, you're like, oh... Everyone, kind of, but less so Gwyneth. (laughs) So it was, uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, But do we have any anime, life, or video game news to discuss otherwise before we get started? I do have a few things, not many, Mm -hmm. um, but a few things took my interest this week. The first being that Scott Pilgrim is getting a Netflix adaptation, anime adaptation, mm-hmm. featuring the entire cast of the motion picture. I saw that. Amazing. Good, good to pull that off. Wonderful. Yeah. Love that. Love Scott Pilgrim. We've been asking for this forever. Love that movie. I think it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. That's just neat. <laughs> well, it'll, I think it'll be a good medium to do that in. I mean, mm-hmm. people love those, you know, like the style of the original comic and everything. And, yeah. you know, that's how that video game was and... No, oh, should be yeah, interesting. A lot of those actors, you know, they must have had a great time on set to come back again. Uh, a lot of them embody their characters, wanted to hew- bigger careers, you know. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, I think a lot of them still seemingly treasure it because I think didn't they do like a, a script reading all together yeah. a few years yeah. ago? So yeah, and then they had sense. like um, uh, I think an Adult Swim did like a mini sode mm-hmm. of it, like the animated prequel that was on the uh, the DVD or the Blu-ray, whatever. Mm-hmm. But interesting nonetheless. I can't wait to see that. Of course. Yeah. Um, my first and foremost anime news, uh, in terms of anime this week, I've been going retro, mm-hmm. and courtesy of your birth misgift, or uh-huh. Crimbus, not birth, Miss Crimbus gift, um, I've been watching through Yu Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. and it, I, I, no secret on this podcast, it will always be one of my all-time favorites, and this rewatch kind of reinforces that, I've been going through it steadily, never... Never, never a dip for me. Mm. So it's it's just an excellent anime. Inevitably, we will be bringing it here to the podcast. Yeah. Well, we we've done it before. We yeah. had a tournament arc or such. Um, 
you know, and I was I was pleased to see that because I, I even saw some Yu Yu Hakusho TikToks and people were saying, "Oh, the Dark Tournament was cool." So I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> we, we okay. knew it was cool." People, people are people yeah. are catching on. Yep. Um, but no, I'm I'm pleased to be going through it again. Uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah. yeah, and I'm happy that I was able to gift that to you. Oh, of course. Now, Thank when you. Zatch Bell comes out, I'll need you to do the same for me. Of course. Yeah. The deluxe edition, please, <laughs> <laughs> with life size Mamodo. <laughs> with the that. with the. Is the, what, does the spell book have a specific name, or is no, just, just, a, book? just a spell book? <laughs> does it come in one of those? Or it should. Okay. Yeah. Either that, or it'll be the little uh, Zatch cardboard pocky box that he always carries around. Vulcan three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I know too much about that series. Uh, uh, something that you and I both noticed um, on Twitter, on TikTok. There's a new show called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Yes. Uh, by Gendry Tarkovsky who did Primal and such, mm-hmm. and a lot, and looks amazing, looks really cool, coming to Adult Swoon, I think in May. Mm-hmm. So I'll also be checking that out. I did love Primal, even though its ending was kind of a bummer mm-hmm. um, for season two, but it was a, a fabulous show, nonetheless, mm-hmm. showing that animation can speak without voice acting. This seems a little bit more mystical, uh, about reincarnation, about uh, different sorcerers and such, inhabiting like this new body. Well, looks yeah, good. It's always good to see, like, Gennady coming out with like mm. another project because I don't like he's never missed. No, uh, like I, I don't know if we've ever shilled hard enough for it, but Symbionic <laughs> Titan, yeah, you have, was, you've done was it multiple times. A love of mine, and that mm. was very short lived because it was a very awkward, uh, awkward time for Cartoon Network. Mm. And I, I suppose I should, I, I could segue into that news. Sure, why it's, not? It's, it's interesting. What has happened? Um, but, but no, yep. do oh. we're we definitely going to check out that Unicorn Warriors show because yes. we, we love Gennady here, so that that'll be on our list. But, um, I, I guess starting sometime soon, Adult Swim is going to start at seven p.m. in the oh. evening. Uh, it has been creeping forward for a number of years now. I think like like you know over. The past couple of years, it went from like ten to nine to eight, and now it's seven. And now it's seven, and it's the time Grandma's watching Wheel and Jeopardy. Exactly, and and kids are still up, um, but they're <laughs> well, they're up later than. Well, I would say me. I don't know about you, but you know, most viewers like mo- like even if you're just watching TV as a family, you're still all watching TV then. Mm. Um, but I- I've seen discussions of this where it's like. Cartoon Network is not what she used to be. Why? Huh? She is, uh, the network is, I, I don't know what they still have that's, like, inconsistent production, but it seems like, you know, and this is this is beyond the Adult Swim, because obviously with the, the new shows coming, I think Adult Swim is probably doing fine. Yeah. Uh, but Baseline Cartoon Network is now... I think from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. is, like, their Nick Jr. equivalent mm-hmm. that airs, like, Coco Melon. Oh. And then I would assume, like, now seven hours of Teen Titans Go and Gumball <laughs> reruns, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Oh. And it's, like, they're getting kind of... It seems like, on the surface, they're getting lapped by places like Disney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because obviously HBO Max, which is, you know, in with Cartoon Network, had that animation purge recently. So it's kind of, uh, I've seen like a few nostalgia posts about the different eras that that Cartoon Network has gone through. And it it really makes you think. Because there was, mm -hmm. oh no, go on. Oh, I can't speak on the quality of Adult Swim as of late, because I don't really watch live TV anymore. 
Neither everything's do I. like streaming on my computer. I I hook it up and use my uh, subscription, whatever, to watch there. But maybe this will get more people in based on the quality of programming that they have on Adult Swim. So maybe this will be a good thing. Yeah, I remember Cartoon Network used to be like quality back in the day with like Ed, Ed and Eddie and such that I would never miss in Dexter's yeah. Lab and whatnot. But maybe we could sacrifice those to make way for you know a late night return to form. Yeah, no, and, and and again, it's one of those things where, like, when people denote the eras of it, like, there was definitely, when, when Powerpuff Girls and Johnny Bravo mm-hmm. and all of them, like, it was kind of entering its golden age. Because prior to that point, Cartoon Network had mostly, which was good in its own way, had been airing, um, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like, like all of those and Looney Tunes stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then when they got into original programming, they kind of hit their stride. And then as the years went on, we got into, like, the Ed, Ed, and Eddie era. And even then, even when that era started to come to a close, you know, I, I think around the time, like, Out of Jimmy's Head, if oh, you remember that. Uh, of course I remember that one. When that dropped, yeah. it kind of entered its Bronze Age, but we still had, fl- like, Flapjack. Flapjack yeah. was new during that era, yeah. and other things like... Chowder. You know, Chowder yep. came out, but it was more difficult. And then Adventure Time... And regular show renewed that mm-hmm. dual wielded it, mm-hmm. but now they're both done, and mm-hmm. they haven't seemingly like found anything to 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 fill that that gap yeah. besides Teen Titans Go. And I agree that there's potential for Adult Swim to do stuff, but the the, the hope would be that they make original programming and not like five hours of king of the hill leading yeah. into but even one... then to go back i i didn't take those uh hours of king of the hill for granted when i had them no yeah. no yeah. that's not the shit on yeah. king of the hill yeah. never we never shit on king of the hill but that's it, it's uh you know i don't know i'm interested to see how this this goes just saying put up an old classic retro anime yeah. all of what we're watching currently like dragon and see how that affects the waters no exactly yeah. like i like using that for an anime block would be Business would be booming, I think. Mm. You know, it could because it seems like youngins these days enjoy that, and then you would get like older people to watch too. So mm-hmm. I don't know though. I, I doubt they're going to. No. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just I, I saw that ongoing this week. So mm-hmm. an additional thing, uh, Sega has yet again done us in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like since this icon is more of your material, care to share the story, Dan? Uh, Sonic has been moited. At last, someone did the deed, and I don't know who. I don't know who to congratulate. <laughs> uh, similar to Murder on the Orient Express, I guess in their free time, the Sega team, as a labor of love, uh, a pet project, <laughs> like, they're recreating Murder on the Orient Express uh. with Sonic. Sonic has been murdered. Um, it's Amy, Amy's birthday, I think. But she seems happy mm, about it. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> in theory, <laughs> At yeah. At last... He had his last chili dog. Um, but you, the 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 OC main character, mm-hmm. are teaming yeah, Jonathan, up. Jonathan, the the I don't even know what you are, the raccoon. Yeah, yeah. I would assume it's like the forces thing. You could be anything. Yeah, we would both have to be raccoons, though, right? No, we wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but the uh, and then Tails is your code detective, <laughs> and you have to go through the train containing Sonic characters from all areas. Rogue. Uh, uh, Vector. Vector. They're all there, yeah. yeah. Shadow's there, being edgy in the background. Knuckles not, in a Port Gostier's the hat. though. Hmm. They, yeah. they really didn't include yeah, they had that. They have that other guy who used to be charming. I forget his name, though. He was in the, 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 the rehash of Sonic, the, the classic one. 
Oh yeah, yeah the what little his name is, though. Yeah. Cr- is it Crash or I don't you're asking the wrong person. Crun- no, Crunch. Crunch. Is... <laughs> no, cr- that was Crash. Crack. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. We can talk about the it. The Armadilla? Day. No, I don't think it's the Armadilla. The flying squirrel? It might be the squirrel. No, it, yeah. it's not the squirrel cuz I know what the squirrel looks like. Uh, we'll look it up after and we'll get back. Yeah, this, this is, is for the per- scholars. A pertinent uh, yeah. Sonic issue. But, but yeah, yeah. It, it looks interesting, and it's free on Steam. If mm-hmm. I played things or had time to play video games as a place, mm-hmm. I would download it and play it for certain. But you know, I, I've been, I've been packed, Dan. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, and, and there's so many games, and that's my next story too. But it's a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure we will uh, get it on Switch probably eventually because you know it, it seems easy enough to port over. But yeah, um, but yeah, there are a lot of games mm-hmm. and more coming yeah been going through resident evil 4 remake still have you how was mm-hmm. it enjoying it yeah. yeah you got some charms for your attache i believe so yeah <laughs> yeah too, too 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 scary for me still <laughs> how is it dude it's a stupid resident evil crap if i like... open a door there might be a scary man is it gonna go boo yeah. i don't know it's scary dan <laughs> it's yeah but they're like i don't know <laughs> they're like dumbass Resident Evil creatures, villains. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They have their own motivations besides scaring you. So, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. do you want to get to the Nintendo? Oh, there was a big show? one. Yeah, and Nintendo did it again. They said, Jonathan, you're spending so much money on Broadway tickets. We know you don't have enough. Oh, we're gonna release this OLED system, this Pro Controller, and such, and you'll buy them. Yeah. No problem. You won't even bat an eye. You'll do it instantly. And I did because I'm a Nintendo shill. But we did see 10 minutes of footage from Mr. Anuma mm-hmm. about Breath of the Wild 2 Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. And it looked good. I, I'm in the camp that it looks good. And this was a fun, quirky thing that they showed off. Yeah. That made me interested in picking it up. Lord knows I don't know when I'm going to have the time. But I will pick it up and I will stand and get there at my own pace. Well, no. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um... Like when, when the trailer dropped, I I actually reloaded Breath of the Wild because mm-hmm. I think I had like two DLC things mm-hmm. left that I I had, yep. and those DLCs are good. They were yeah. no, but I had it's one of the few games where in its base form I have one hundred percented it, mm. like it, the base Breath of the Wild yeah. without the DLC, um, and still holds up. I'm like, yeah, I could go for some more of this mm-hmm. soon. Like, it, with all these new stupid features added in, like building a boat. And yeah, you could fuse things, Dan. You could fuse anything with anything. You can stick them together with goo. And put an eyeball on an arrow. Put a fan in a in a In a, <laughs> in hole. a log. So, yeah, <laughs> all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. That I'm sure people are going to come up with, like, creative ways of using. Mm-hmm. And we do have some dissenters among us that are like, it's $70 DLC, which so far it looks... Like Sky Islands and stuff on mm-hmm. the same map, but I, I, I mean, it's Nintendo. They're never gonna just give us a carbon copy. I don't think. I think they're gonna put their unique spin on it. Yeah, it's gonna have a cool story. Um, I remember doubting the original Breath of the Wild until that second trailer came out, and like Zelda was like screaming. I think I mentioned this on the podcast long ago. Yeah, and then it changed. I did like a full one eighty on it, and I said, "Oh, this is great." And I remember devouring that game. Um, saying that it was my favorite Zelda, but in retrospect, Wind Waker is still my favorite Zelda. But it, yeah. the Breath of the Wild is a, a close second. Well, y- you and I, in our brain trust, yeah. we yeah. we know like we coveted we, that win. Yes, we we yes. coveted that win, mm-hmm. and then you know, I lean if I was 
gun to the head tracks. second. It would be, no, not I never played Spirit Tracks. But Dad, it has a train. I know it does. I didn't play the DS ones. Oh my gosh. But but that being said, for me, my my second is as you know would be like Skyward Sword oh, or yeah, Majora's yeah. Mask. Yeah. And possibly Link but Between Worlds. I, I like Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds as well too. So we have a, a similar top three. Um, but. But no, I have seen that discussion as well, and I I have been worried about that. Mm. But I think at the very least, the way that the map looks now, I, I'm guessing that the Sky Islands are their own kind of ecosystem in and of themselves. Yeah. And then there are now cracks in the ground where you can go underground because they showed mining, say. Like, they showed, like, Bokoblin... Mines. miners yeah. down there and okay. so i'm assuming that there's going to be underground dungeons it's gonna be an as above so below scenario uh people were saying that in that that one bonus art book thing that got leaked that they mm -hmm. did see chambers that could presumably be dungeons yeah. so we don't we don't know yet yeah but it, it would be you know mm -hmm. and i know nintendo keeps their cards close to the chest especially with this we barely heard anything about it and it's a month out and especially Zelda team. Yes. Like, the yes. as because, again, when I saw this discussion, people were talking about it, like, and they pointed out that with Skyward Sword, up until maybe, in, like, two weeks until it was out, they had only shown Farron Woods. Mm -hmm. Like, every th all the footage had been from that one stretch of Farron Woods, yeah. like, nothing else. So, they like to, they like to, Wait. you know, Keep yeah. it secret. Which is no problem in today's oversaturation of the gaming market, but I will wait and I will believe. Yeah. <laughs> I will... I believe in Zelda Claus. Agonize over whether or not I should pre-order that that Switch. We could share it, Dan. In a Washington. We can alternate. I can't give up my Animal Crossing one, but I just want to see what the OLED's all about, even though the new system's probably right around the corner. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I'm debating yeah. it, but it's... It, um... Well, it's not like it'll be my first dumb purchase, Dan. I've had so many. No, I, and that's the... I have other dumb purchases currently on the way. Yeah, we but... took a look at who had the most figures on the way. <laughs> yeah. The bottle spun to Dan. <laughs> the thing with my figures is, is it... Some of them might not drop for another couple months, even yeah. though they're supposed to. When are we going to have an episode where we bring out our Nendoroids and Figmas, and we like we show them off and we just speak that. about them? On the we do that. Yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't dare. Like Red Letter Media did that thing where they showcased their stupid like physical media collection. So well, they we do, could, yeah. We could we could show off our figure. Collection. I don't know how that would translate to an audio <laughs> medium, but uh, perhaps, yeah. perhaps. And then, uh, of course, big news: my market Mondo got bought out by Funko. Did we talk about that last week? It was a roller coaster. It oh was my like, gosh. And then they're yeah. like, oh, we're going to make bigger batches. And then even Elijah Wood and like everyone who supports Mondo is like, no, that's not the point, you dullards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Mondo had this small team that got to know the artist well. I only say this because my. My living space is adorned with Mondo art. Yeah. So now I'm like literally the Mondo Museum in the tri-state area. Take our word for it. It is, yeah. yeah. No, Suspiria yeah. posters as far as the eye can see. And you've gotten me into them. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think they're classy, sophisticated. They're a good talking piece when I have company aside from you. <laughs> and, well, and Mondo has, has like, they, they keep making Godzilla merch. Mm -hmm. They, like, I've bought several vinyl figures. Well, they're, like, they're going to yeah, be doing they... vinyls, I think, still... With the, like, I don't think the poster thing's going anywhere, but there's a thing that now they're more widely available that mm -hmm. the collector in me is, like, scoffing at. Like, <laughs> I don't really need that in my life. As I pompously fill my glass with more wine. Um, but yeah. 
what were we? T- oh yeah, m- yeah. So, Mondo so. Zelda life. What was I gonna say? Oh, mm-hmm. one last thing with Tears of the Kingdom yes. is um, I am also interested to see where this heads plot wise. Oh yeah, I think. Dare I say, Zelda might be playable and they're just hiding it somewhere. I think halfway through the game, maybe Link will go into like a coma or be in a dead state. Mm-hmm. And then Zelda, when, when Alfonso's not around, Zelda will take over. Well, there's like, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming there's definitely beats that we have to hit because like the Master Sword is shot. Yeah. So I'm assuming we have to, we have to fix that somehow. We got to do something with the Sky Islands. We don't technically know... Did we get confirmation of who the spooky skeleton is? I think it's is? either Ganon or Aghanim. Which would be cool. Yeah, because we have like not... Yeah. Or what's his name? The other guy from... Vati? No, not Vati. Uh, there was another Yuma? Or, or Oh, that's from Link Between. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, maybe not him then. Yeah, I don't but think he the... had a paintbrush on his hand, so yeah, no, that no, was a clear him. sign I, I, it wasn't but, him But then. Aghanim would, would yeah. be like something... But it could also just be Ganondorf finally getting mm-hmm. adapted into this setting. Yeah, Ganondorf's cool. bones. But it would be cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see where that could go. I trust Nintendo. They know this game changed the world. Yeah. They'll they'll do it again. It might be a little bit more of the same. It might not get the glowing praise that the first one did, but it will still be a solid, wonderful game. Yeah. And we haven't had that Zelda in a long while. People have been clamoring for the sequel. I will steadfastly hold my hope. Of course. Yeah. 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 But that's all the news I got this week, Dan. I got one more segment. Oh, boy. Um... I have, as the podcast knows, as you know, I dabble in Star Trek. You do. Um, it's not as uh, close to my heart as Star Wars, but because of that, I can enjoy it possibly even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first two seasons of the of the most recent show, Star Trek Picard, mm-hmm. were pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they had very, very goober plots that pretended to be dramatic and significant, but had no bearing on on anything really mm-hmm. um maybe somewhere down the line if i ever get a chance to deep dive on this podcast i'll go into it but you've been hinting at it the, i would expect i know nothing basically no, nothing fine. about star trek so. but you know like <laughs> i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a general star trek fan and you know uh loved the original series loved next generation and picard is obviously a continuation of the next generation but the first two seasons were were very weird Hmm. they were they were shows that seemed like they were designed to um kind of uh exist for trailers like they they were exist they existed to make previews out of and the plots got a little nonsensical and then you can on on youtube the the red letter media guys obviously rich and mike who are lifelong Star Trek fans, watched the first two seasons of Picard and became increasingly despondent as time went on because Mm. they just hated it so much. Mm. Um, You know, because a lot of it, like, betrayed the themes that Star Trek was supposed to be built off of and things like that. But season three recently started airing, and... I I skipped the first two seasons because I know what happens, and I just went right into season three, and it is phenomenal so far. Hmm. I like I I sat down and I I started watching through it. I even and you don't watch TV. I don't watch <laughs> TV, and I even like rewatched uh, like a handful of scenes multiple times because wow. I'm like this is this is something here. Hmm. And I don't know what changed in their mindset. Like I I don't know if it was like the threat that. 
we're not going to get any more Picard projects if this ship is not corrected, mm. you know, mm-hmm. after a certain point. But they really stepped it up, and, you know, it, it, it feels like this is what season one of it could have been. Mm. Uh, they got, like, the entire original cast is back. They, you know, in roles that make sense to those characters. Um, they're getting into, like, you know, dark stakes and plot lines without it being, like, over, um, like, schmaltzy, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and, and for the most part, it seems like everyone across the internet, the the boomers, the zoomers, the doomers, the jocks, <laughs> the burnouts, the, the everyone is loving this season of Picard. Wow. It seems to be don't jinx it, Dan. Quality Star Trek. <laughs> You'll thus say it far. on the podcast, and then yeah, I, the curtain I, will come down around you. Uh, you know, but that's like I'm like I'm watching this. I'm like this is this is enjoyable. Mm. This is like you know, not as stupid as I feared. So yeah, that's that. If you if you were a fan of Star Trek: <laughs> The Next Generation, or you have like in your pandemic viewings have you know got into it, maybe then. Check out at least season three, because the plot elements in the first two seasons never get brought up ever again. Hmm. They get ignored completely, kind of. So just go into season three, because it's a it's a quality continuation. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you yet again. Yeah. Still waiting on my Pushing Daisies revival, but I'll, I'll continue waiting. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. that TV show comes back in my life. But yeah, happy as always. Helps if it has star in the name, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you get more content. Yeah. Um, tangent-wise, very, very small amount of housekeeping. Yep. Uh, because uh, I didn't have any time to work on them. No, it's fine. It's in the back of my mind. No, I, in my, in my, uh, in order to, to, to fill some time, I did start, like, narrowing down all of our legendaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all have names now, um, which we can reveal at a later date. Uh, but I, I also went through as I shared with you and created, like, a handful of new NPCs that I've been fiddling around with uh, to try to just, uh, you know, serve certain roles in the story. I was thinking about how... Because I went back to the OG Heart Gold and Soul Silver, favorites of our time, uh, and thought, like, oh, this, is a, this was a cool thing that all of these games did to try to, like, help the player complete the decks. So, to that end, with our, like, regional starter forms for Snivy... Uh, Toted Isle and Blaziken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I created a Sailor Venus superhero for Blaziken, mm-hmm. uh, evil Dark Souls Snake Lady for Superior, mm-hmm. and then a Popeye Sailor to reference the podcast, yes. who will have Feraligator, as well as, I would assume, like a, a team of regional forms, because he's been traveling all mm-hmm. over the globe, okay. things like that. Um, and I kind of... Again, this serves no other purpose besides my own. <laughs> yes. But I, like, mapped out how each of them... And this will go in their blurbs when they get art someday. But it's like, in the post-game, you go to them, and then, you know, uh, like, Sailor Venus gives you... Like, you go to film fake movie scenes, and it provides mm-hmm. access to legendaries from past gens okay. up until 8. Uh, Popeye Sailor takes you to islands that have them. Snake Lady does spellbook things. <laughs> does so snake things. Between all of them, like, they all cover, you know, every past legend, like, every past game legendary. And then I was thinking, like, okay, what... We decided on no gimmick besides Mega Evolution. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what What could I, what could I get the, uh, the new fans in with? 
So I, I created this little system called Quantum Dens that I'm going to make up some artwork for. Mm -hmm. Probably because like a red Gyarados will be the first thing that you encounter okay. with it. Um, so it'll just be like you're walking through a route in Perenna and this this like wormhole will appear and you can go and find like a hidden ability or shiny mon in there. Okay. Um, Destroying the shiny community again, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah slightly, ever so slightly. <laughs> They're going to be pissed at you. Um, but <laughs> my shiny has no weight now. <laughs> but I figured like this could serve. And it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be all shinies. It just be like hidden abilities. Oh, like, like that's a, how we. I'll yeah. take any shiny I can grab, Dan. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. the opposite. Um, but I figured that they that the purpose those would serve would also cover the ultra beasts. Um, because they we I forgot them to include while, them. Yeah. So they would show up through that. Um, I, to, to signal your love of everything everywhere all at once, mm. I'm going to create a little Waymond NPC okay. to, um, sort of serve as like Jose from Persona 5. Mm -hmm. Like you go in, you do these quantum dens, you get, uh, material that you sell to him and then he gives you the items to go and get the legendaries from the other people. Okay. So this That's again, cool. for my own yeah. purposes, this is just like really I, this made is the lore. The masters Pokemon game. This over is the here, the best of best. I built this up in my head. Yeah. So that of course means that I'm going to design Waymond. Uh, I will request from you because uh, you are the expert. Everything a, everywhere, all at once Pokemon. Like a small something to pal yeah. around with him yeah. when he's. Well, you know, it can't be a bagel. <laughs> it could be a bagel. An everything but, bagel, yin yang. Um, but think on that, uh, and then at some point I'll throw in another legendary in there as the quantum Pokemon. Mm. Um, that'll, you know, once you finish all of the Ultra Beast stuff, probably it'll pop out at random. Um, okay. and obviously there's other things in there, like, obviously Arceus is going to appear at the big Arceus statue. Deoxys is already in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so my, my last question would be... Do we want the other mythicals in? Oh, yes. Why not? So... In for a penny, in for a pound, Dan. To that end, mm -hmm. I was thinking that we could, uh, because we both love Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. we could have Indiana Jones with a plane, <laughs> and since Mew was originally found in South America yeah. back in the anime, a different, yeah. he just flies you to, like, a little dungeon that yeah, contains... Yeah, all uh, Seve Islands. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's good. And we can put him in a city that doesn't have something already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll, we can cover all the mythicals that way. Yeah. So. Or if you like, I don't know. I, I was thinking like maybe if you pass someone, I know Street Pass isn't a thing anymore. That'd be like a cool connection thing on our, our fabulous system that we're going to put this on. Yes. Uh, State of the like, art, whatever Like when is. you pass someone from a specific country, you get a legend appropriate to that country. It could be, yeah. It'd be a fun yeah. little way to bond together. Because we gotta, we would, because I think we're we're going for all the Pokemon are available in this one game. Yeah. Between the two versions, yeah. you can Something you can that's them. never been done. Um, but, you know, I will, because technically the international thing could work too if he, if we give him like, if he's like an Indiana Jones guy with an airship or yeah. a plane or something, well, like we could, he, we could easily He would have an airship in your world. Um, but... So I'll get to work on him, too, hmm. um, and we can think of things to that end. Uh, but other than that, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's that's what I've been using with to keep myself sane yes. in these stressful weather inconsistent times. Mm -hmm. So um, that being said, are we ready to watch some anime? Yes, as always, I am. Okay. Jojo, bizarre adventure. So we're rolling out the drawing board, and today it's <laughs> Ominous Orangutan oh, Edition. Oh, no, I don't like this drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> drawing board looks, you know, 
sort of abandoned like today. Christopher Walken. You know, he's we hear a lot of <laughs> creaking noises, uh, like waves lapping against a ship. Mm. Um, but we're not sure what the nature of drawing board is today. Oh. He's very strange. Okay. Um, but very orangutan-like, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Just to recap, because as you know, as in our last JoJo episode, we started Stardust Crusaders. So just here's a recap, uh, if anyone needs a reminder. So Jotaro Kujo, the great great grandson of Jonathan Joestar, believed himself to be possessed by an evil spirit, and accordingly locked himself in a prison cell willingly uh, to yes. keep others from harm. Yep. Uh, his grandfather Joseph Joestar arrived in Japan and revealed the truth that this evil spirit was actually a stand, a manifestation of the wielder life energy that accordingly stands behind them. Mm. Uh, both Jotaro's and Joseph's stands had recently been activated due to the re-emergence of the villainous Dio Brando, whose who, coffin was discovered in the ocean, yes, dredged up, labeled with his name, yeah. um, who presumably has unlocked this same power himself. Uh, Dio had survived the incident on the Atlantic Ocean by taking possession of, the, of Jonathan Joestar's body. Uh, making his fate invariably tied to the Joestar descendants. Mm. Um, we also It was also established that there's a star-shaped birthmark that appears on all wielders of the Joestar yes. bloodline. Uh, jo- Jotaro defeated the first of Dio's minions, uh, Kakuin, uh, who was being influenced, <laughs> but not completely mind-controlled via a flesh bud, which yeah. is just a physical piece of Dio's being that he is using to control others. Um... But victory was kind of short-lived because Jotaro's mother, Holly, again, being a member of the Joestar bloodline, also developed a stand of her own. Uh, It sort of has like a vine, like a thorny vine flower motif similar to Hermit Purple. Mm -hmm. Um, But her stand is slowly going to kill her because she is not, you know, spiritually... She's not one to fight. Yeah. 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 She doesn't like conflict. Yeah. So because of that, the, 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 you know, her stand is sort of like an illness plaguing her body, and by the estimates of Avdol, who is an Egyptian fortune teller and uh, kind of Joseph's friend slash advisor, uh, Avdol estimates that she has around 50 days from this point uh, before she is killed. So they decide that they have to head to Egypt. Uh, because if you remember, there was a blurry photograph <laughs> taken via Hermit Purple mm-hmm. uh, showing Dio with a fly in the background. And, and using identified that specific Titsi fly. Yes, yeah, Star Platinum zoomed in mm-hmm. using its focused eyes, its brand, yeah. to identify the f- flies having come from the uh, Anwar region of Egypt. So they, you know... The three of them, plus Kakuin, who wants some payback for... uh, Not only does he want payback for having been taken over by Dio, but he also, like, everyone who meets Holly immediately sees that she's a good person and a good influence and wants to help her. Avdol agrees as well. Uh, Avdol had actually encountered Dio once and just barely escaped with his life. Uh, So they leave Holly in the care of the Speedwagon Foundation while they travel. Uh, on an overseas flight, the group faced and defeated the stand user Tower of Grey, who was serving Dio completely willingly and not via a flesh bud. Mm. So if you're, like, a big enough asshole who wants to work for Dio, you can. Why not? Yeah. It's the options there. We want you. 
you know, they, they managed to defeat him and land the plane safely, but due to the fact that Dio already has a multitude of stand-wielding uh, assassins after them, the group decides that traveling by air is no longer an option, as well as, like, any big commercial crews or train rides, things like that. It would be like too that. obvious, so we're gonna have, like, an eat, pray, love around the world. Yeah. <laughs> instead. By necessity, yeah. to keep, like, to keep civilians safe, because, you know, another incident on a plane might not go as well. And also, you know, Dio could literally just blow up the plane or yeah. send someone to do that if he wanted to. Um, so, that being said, they're going to have to plot a more unconventional route, uh, inspired by Around the World in 80 Days, mm -hmm to get to Egypt before this deadline is met. Uh, at their first stop at a restaurant in Hong Kong, the group is confronted by a mysterious mm -hmm. Frenchman named Jean-Pierre Polnareff, who wields the stand known as Silver Chariot. Cool stand. I'm gonna say it. Uh, Polnareff faces Avdol first and promises to defeat him <laughs> oh. before the fire clock I mean, on a nearby table. You know, that fire clock completely left my memory, <laughs> and so you said it again. But yes, he did cast a fire clock spell on a table. Yes, yeah. it's, it's counting down. Yeah. So if it strikes 12, he's going to defeat him Just like then. a Frenchie to show off. But Silver <laughs> Chariot of the group definitely emphasizes speed. Uh, Star Platinum, you know, to clarify, is mostly strength and precision yeah and then silver chariot is speed but maybe not so and much strong. strength yeah uh so that's generally the dynamic there so let's we, since we didn't talk about him last week let's talk about jean pierre I have a feeling we'll be getting to know him a little bit better yeah but it's how, just a hunch how could you guess i don't know um in order to not have him overlap with jotaro and joseph polnareff was given a distinctive look and personality uh which in turn like allowed him to shine on his own um, with all of his lines kind of standing out for better or worse in mm -hmm. terms of goofiness or serious. Um, and because of that, like, uh, how should I put this? Because of that versatility, he was able to make more appearances in the story. Mm -hmm. There were only a handful of things that, that Avdol made sense doing, only a handful of things that Joseph made, or, you know, Joseph or Jotaro made sense doing. But in uh, Rocky's opinion... Polnareff was the most versatile. He could mm. be super serious, super honorable, or he could do the comic relief stuff. And because of that, he does shine the brightest. He is like I I would I would think like the ensemble dark horse okay. of this of this All cast. Right. The best uh, supporting. Yeah, people people love Polnareff. Um, you know, Rocky feels that Polnareff definitely grew the most over the course of this story. Um, and in addition to inc incorporating the hairstyle of Rudolf von Stroheim from mm -hmm. Battle Tendency, mm -hmm. uh, he also used a lot of, uh, like, foreign models as reference to... Because, again, as we said, Araki is big into fashion, yeah. so he used a bunch of, like, male models as, as reference for this. Okay. Um, the character's name was inspired by those of Araki's three fr favorite French people, <laughs> actors Alain Delon mm -hmm. and Jean-Paul Belmondo, mm -hmm. And musician uh, Mikhail Ponareff. Hmm. So, yeah. Second Google result. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Jojo Ponareff shows up first when you Google Ponareff oh. and the musician has been bumped oh, to eclipsed. second. Yeah. Isn't that just the way of things? Um, but, it, again, because I, I don't remember how much I, I went into this last time, but in terms of Iraqi's writing process, uh, Polnareff, Kakuin, and one more main character that you have not met yet, it's going mm. to be a little while before you meet them, um, it, were not necessarily always part of the main, like, supposed to be part of the main cast. They, 
showed up. Araki liked how they interacted with the rest of the main characters and said, why not? You're going to, we're going to keep them around as long as they fit within the tarot theme of the stands this season. Um, you know, once all that is covered, they can stick around. Um, because, again, I, again, I apologize if I'm retreading familiar ground, but mm -hmm. I don't remember how much I got into it. But Iraqi seemed to let a lot of this section's story flow naturally. Okay. He would kind of, I, I would assume that he started from like a very, very loose foundation, which had probably just Jotaro as the sole character. And then whether or not the other characters stick around just kind of was up to, to how the tale grew in the telling. So no one else was really guaranteed a spot. Joseph was going to get rotated out because of his age at one point. Most of the characters were going to either just make cameos or rotate out or back in, depending on what the story needed. But the final end result is, you know, what felt best to Araki. And his quote is, things just ended up working out. Mm. The one problem with that is, is again, as fans will, will debate, is that it leaves certain characters obviously shafted. Like, Avdol gets the least Nothing. to do. Hmm. He No, he does get some stuff to do, but because but of how either. the uneven, like, writing process was, it was like, he, like, Araki has said, like, if I had gone back and had a solid basis hmm. from the beginning, then, you know, really, I, I would say Avdol and Cockween get it the worst, hmm. um, in terms of individual plot lines. But it's like, okay, I was like, the, the author was playing it by ear, and it, people it just, wanted Polnareff or whatever his it, name is. Polnareff, and Polnareff. it just it just happened to work out the way that it did. Um, so it, it it might not be applied evenly across the entire main cast. Um, but you know, that's just that was his process. He was yeah. sort of you know making this up as he not making it up as he went along but he was <laughs> doing he was, it live again letting the story grow naturally which i think is a very interesting way to go about yeah. it because it, it yeah. could be very fun mm -hmm. um so today's episode uh, the pieces keep moving across the game board and you're going to notice a trend forming as to how the group encounters enemy stand hmm. users uh even if you think you know what's going on you probably don't i would yeah, I would agree. With yeah. JoJo, I never know what to expect. I even warned you while yeah. printing out the thing, do not peek I at the did summaries. It. I did, and I saw those big bold letters, I didn't take a peek. Um, so I'll be going in virginal. But <laughs> uh, but this is this is going to be a fun batch today. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be taking to the high seas, uh, and there's a Get lot a of... a little admiral hat yeah, on. <laughs> even, even just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, that salty mistress, the sea, mm -hmm. that we... Yeah. But, yeah, so... You're not going to really expect where it's going. Um, they got to they got to get on a boat. They got to get across oh. the ocean somehow. Yeah. But Dio has assassins everywhere, um, waiting at conveniently Watching. placed locations. Yeah. So nowhere is really safe. And whether or not you feel that that <laughs> is stressful or goofy is up to you. Hmm. But I would say, uh, you know. I, I'm pretty sure it's time to get this voyage going. So. All right. Well, with that, Dan, all I could say is, pardon my French, les le bon temps à rouler, let the good times roll. <laughs> Baguette. <laughs> yeah.
And we are back here on Anime was, was Not a Mistake, and I'd say our ship has finally come into port, oh wouldn't you? Oh my gosh. I, I just didn't know what to expect, Dan. Yeah, and, and <laughs> In a thousand no, years. Yeah, no, and it was it's multi-layered, it's, you know, so many surprises around every <sighs> corner. Um, but, yeah, there was a reason I was excited to get to this batch of episodes. Um, four very Dan episodes, back to back to back to back. Four very Dan episodes, four very weird episodes, but it does set the standard for what the the you know the group here will be running into this yeah. is not as weird as it gets surely so if that's the case i will not be able to predict where this series goes yeah it, it it's i i would say that in terms of like a location reveal the thing with strength is probably one of the, the best yeah. pulled off yeah but there are going to be much weirder circumstances that this group is going to find themselves and polar f in particular will you know be put through the ringer a lot <laughs> It, we'll get to it. Cockween is going to be feuding with a baby at some point. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, there's multiple babies, actually. So we're going to, you know, you really can't predict what's going to happen. Mm. Um, but resuming where we left off, we will start with episode five, Silver Chariot. Mm. Uh, so resuming from the previous episode, Silver Chariot is, uh, you know, Avdol and, and Polnareff are kind of engaged in this little restaurant. Yeah. Uh, they've both kind of flexed their power. Polnareff has a moment where he tosses a bunch of coins into the air. And stabs through them, saying that his uh, stand can slice through even fire itself. Yes, he, yeah. he makes like a little shish kebab out of coins and individual fire, like flame embers between them. And then this table yeah. clock doesn't come into play. They just destroy it. Well... Avdol, like, to flex his own power, burns it up, and he's yeah. like, you you know, don't fool yourself into thinking that Magician's Red just makes natural fire. Magician's Red can manipulate flame in any direction, mm -hmm. so it's not going to move like, you know, fire in the regular world would. Yeah. Um, but Polnareff's sole thing is that he can move uh, Silver Chariot's rapier so fast that he can section off pieces of air uh, to cut up the and fire. it's a very cool design. This is definitely my favorite stand that I've seen. Like that that feels like the job the French one the chevalier no of course <laughs> no and, and well and I'm glad you like him because yeah. you're gonna be seeing a lot of them so. good um so we get a sense of uh, of like chivalry with mm -hmm. Polnareff and he is like <laughs> pardon moi yeah he's dropping the gratuitous French uh, as 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 all of your faves would yeah. um but he's like you have a fire wielding stand we're going to go to a more open location so that mm -hmm. i can fight you at full power because it's you know it's the honorable chivalrous thing to do to you know only kill an opponent who has like the absolute best chance against you so they move to this uh sculpture park which i i assume is a is a is a real hong kong like, tourist attraction it's like that california place i forget what they call it but it's a similar thing yeah it was like in that kesha video yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It also reminds me of, I know, I think in certain places in in Japan, they have, like, those fake hell mm -hmm. parks set up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's kind of like, it's it's a, it's a fancy sculpture park with, like, this open plaza at yeah. the top of it. So this is where they will have their duel. Um, so Silver Chariot is, you know, proves to be very fast, but Avdol kind of, you know... Is 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 like an adept fighter, and, yeah, like and he has he a says, lot more like, experience. Thanks to this space, like I'll be able to use my stand to its maximum potential. Yeah, and he, uh, to that end, he manages to unveil one of his signature moves, which is Crossfire Hurricane. <laughs> onk. <laughs> yeah, which makes an onk shape. Shoot an onk. Um, and taking a direct hit 
from this attack does actually manage to do significant damage to Silver Chariot. And for a second, the group thinks that Polnareff has been defeated yeah. because he's engulfed in flame. Thing with him burning. Um, but Silver Chariot actually sheds its exterior armor, revealing like a more spindly, uh, you know, form underneath. Nugity center, yeah. Uh, so Polnareff explains that his one of his stand's abilities is to kind of get rid of that layer of armor to increase its speed at the cost of its defensive mm-hmm. capabilities. Yep. Um, it was already pretty speedy, so that is dangerous. And I have thought about this. I think, I don't know if it's like a throwaway line at some point, but it's kind of like D&D rules. Like, when Silver Chariot sheds the armor, Polnareff needs like a day to rest to like, you know, until the armor comes back. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like one of those things where to increase drama in battles, you know... It'll it'll de-armor itself, and then you'll know you'll know that he's more susceptible to attacks. But I think it's like D and D rules. You need twenty four hours yeah, long rest, yeah, to get the to get the shielding back. Um, now Silver Chariot is fast enough to do the classic anime trope of after image. Yeah, creating multiples. He's, he's to look at the one that's so slightly fast. different. Yeah, um, attempts to you know fight against these. Uh, you know, after images using magician's red, magician's red, uh, f- the red whip a- attack, but no success. Uh, he does also shoot another crossfire hurricane attack, but it is seemingly completely deflected, and it just like blasts into the ground near Polnareff. So they, you know, the the fight keeps going on. Polnareff does manage to get a few like critical hits in on Avdol, like, cutting him across the face and body and everything. Um, but, you know, we kind of really get to see Avdol flex. He, you know, says, like, I, I don't have to keep the crossfire hurricane technique constrained to just the onk shape. I can split it off into many little onk shapes. And to that end... He sends one barrage out to take out the afterimage clones, but then sends another through the hole in the ground that his previous attack had blown, and it hits Polnareff from below. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, knocking him out and kind of, you know, uh, giving Avdol the victory. Yeah. And they leave him burning, supposedly, and uh, uh, Avdol throws him a knife, says, end it quickly, burning's a bad way to go, mm-hmm. but he can't do it. Yeah, because he still has something to, to do. Uh, but once again, Jotaro uses Star Platinum to extract the flesh bud that's been controlling Polnareff. Um, and, you know, out of gratitude for them, Polnareff meets them the next day when they're about to head out on the ship to their next destination. Mm-hmm. He kind of thanks them for, you know, being honorable in sparing him. And he explains that the reason that he's on this quest, the reason that he was ensnared by Dio in the first place, was because he is seeking his sister's killer. Yeah. Uh, his sister, Cherie, was a young French woman walking the French countryside. A home with her friend. And an yeah. idyllic French day yeah. that started to rain. And they encountered on the road a killer who the raindrops were avoiding. <laughs> uh, he was shielded from the rain falling around him, and notably, he had two right, right hands. hands. They pull a princess bride. So, seemingly, uh, without the killer even moving, uh, Sherry's friend was left bloodied and bruised, and then Sherry herself was was killed. Yeah. Uh, the friend survived to, you know, tell this story to Polnareff, but the French authorities never 
pursue this because it sounded too outlandish. Mm-hmm. Um, when Polnareff found himself in the presence of Dio, Dio was doing something stupid with a crystal with ball. With a mysterious bird, too. We'll get to that yeah, bird. I, Remember that bird. I don't want to reveal anything about well, that bird, I, but I the, the bird is... I I don't know where this bird's going, but it's there. It has a little scarf and a little hat. If it's, if it's yeah, if it's, if it's little accessories and its devilish grin yeah. were not enough to key you off, that bird is an antagonist down mm. the line. So just, he's, if anything, he's Dio's, like, right-hand man, so... <laughs> Hmm. You'll see. Uh, you'll all see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, so he is, when he was in the presence of Dio, Dio kind of showed him an image of the, the man with two right hands, explaining that that person is actually in Dio's service, and presumably twisting it to mean, like, you know, you do my bidding, I will bring the two of you together so that you can have your revenge. But obviously Dio had no intention of doing that uh but even so the culprit is likely still in dio's employ so polnareff decides to join the joestar group on their trip to egypt and thus the opening credits gang is complete uh then we come to (laughs) dark blue moon dark blue moon um so the the joestar group is beginning their three-day journey towards singapore uh but they discover a young stowaway uh, who is not named in the episode, but she's been she was named by Iraqi. She's named Anne. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know if um like Queen Anne's Revenge was Blackbeard's ship. If mm. we remember that from when we watched Pirates of the Caribbean ten years ago, it could be. Uh, so that that was you know uh, that's what that is probably a reference to. Um, so when she's caught by one of the sailors, uh, she. You know, foolhardily jumps o- overboard to try to escape, and but she is sharks in their water, shark-infested waters. Yeah. Um, and Jotaro uses Star Platinum to like dive in after her, beat the, the shark, shark up, <laughs> and save her, and walk through the water as if he's swimming. Yeah, well, he's just swimming really cool. Yeah. He's not standing because it is deep water, but he's he's so cool that it doesn't even look like he's treading water. Uh, you know, the group kind of wagers whether or not Anne is actually a stand user. Um, oh, because when Jotaro is bringing the girl back on board, uh, Joseph sees, uh, the shark is dismembered by a strange blue fin yeah. that is giving off stand I've vibes. I've never seen an aquatic stand before. So... Your stand is literally made out of fire. They, uh, that's true. They, they <laughs> never, they never suspect it. You're um, a fortune teller. Avdol knows about the occult. He never heard of ocean creatures. Yeah. Um, but... They kind of, there's a moment where they suspect that Anne is actually the mysterious stand user, and you amused to me, are these five grown men going to beat up a small child on a boat? I don't doubt it after those other two episodes, so... But, uh, but the girl's, like, bravado kind of convinces them otherwise, because she's like... Well, no, they go, Dio says what? Who's Dio? Well, that's convinced us. And she also, she takes out, like, a pocket knife, and she's like, my... My blade has claimed three, like, 299 souls, you'll be the 300th, and they're uh, like, alright, yeah. she's probably not the stand user. Um, but the ship's captain is, uh, you know, arrives on scene. In the original Japanese version, he's Captain Tennille, yeah. a reference to the Captain in Tennille, which was like a, I want to say, a 60s or 70s music variety show. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they couldn't do that in the dub, so he's Captain Dragon, named after Daryl Dragon, so the music 
pun is maintained. This Tom of Finland motherfucker comes out. <laughs> All these men and are on the ship in short sleeves and their, their little hats. <laughs> it's nothing but dudes as far as yeah. the eye can see. But they're, you know, the captain comes out. He is a, a, a strict person. He's like, I'm still going to, you know, deal with this stowaway. And as for you, and he makes the mistake of taking Jotaro's cigarette. Because Jotaro's a cool smoking teen. Puts it out on his hat. Yeah, and I don't think that's ever addressed. Because again, remember Jotaro is like 17, yeah. but he's like already a, like a, a pack a day smoker. Old, yeah. um, but he puts the cigarette out on, on Jotaro's hat and puts the butt in his pocket. And he's like, you know, uh, you, you obey the rules of my ship. There's no smoking on here. Yeah. And Jotaro is, is obviously miffed. They're still curious about who the stand is. And he's like, Jotaro bluffs him. Mm -hmm. He's like, I have a feeling that this captain is the Stan user. He's like, Stan, what's that? I don't know. He's like, but the thing is, is that I've noticed that whenever, like, uh, like a stand user comes in contact with smoke, a vein on their nose, like, above their nose, like, pops a little bit. It's just a weird quirk that they all share. Obviously, that's not true. But the captain falls for it, and he's like, mm, you caught me, like, I am the stand user. And then Jojo goes, yeah, we got him, because I was yeah. lying. And, and he, uh, you know, reveals that he is a stand user, he controls the stand Dark Blue Moon. Pretty cool stand, I like him. Probably like one of my faves. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool design, he's got a funny mouth. He's got a lot of dangerous abilities, too. So it's he's very versatile, I mean, if you're on the ocean. Just add water. Yeah. Um, like, so he, obviously, since his domain is the sea, Captain Tennille, you know, challenges jo Jodo, Jotaro <laughs> to follow him into the ocean well, with Anne as a hostage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Star Platinum does manage to get a few hits onto, uh, you know... Dark Blue Moon as they're falling into the sea, which seemingly takes the captain by surprise, but he still makes it into the water anyway, and, uh, you know, Jotaro seemingly almost saves Anne, but Star Platinum's arm is being consumed by barnacles. Mm -hmm. They are rapidly spreading over Star Platinum and weighing him down and pulling him into the ocean. Uh, I believe Kakuin does manage to save Anne using Hierophant Green, uh, but Jotaro is pulled into the sea. Into the lagoon. So, uh, you know, he is pulled to the bottom of, of the ocean floor, and Captain Tennille and Dark Blue Moon is kind of there, like, flexing, like, this is my domain. Yeah, they can domain. speak through their stands, apparently. Yes. And he says, like, oh, I can hold my breath for six minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. How I've long been, can you hold yours? Like, I've been training to do this for, like, a decade, so you can, you know, there's no way that... Just die. Yeah. Um, well, no, he wants to toy with him for, like, he has an opportunity, probably, but he's like, I'm going to toy with you first. Mm. Um, because you're probably thinking of all these different ways that you could stop me. You could, like, swim back up to the surface, try to reach the ship, and then he flexes that Dark Blue Moon... Dark Blue Moon, like, punches the propeller out from the ship, and he's mm. like, this is what his scales can do. You know, you're, you're basically, you're beaten. And... Uh, Dark Blue Moon starts conjuring a whirlpool that is, you know, swirling Jotaro around. Um, the others on board the ship attempt to intervene, but cool ability. Dark Blue Moon's scales are so sharp that he can, you know, he can kind of detach these serrated scales. They go out. Yeah. And they, you know, they're kind of in the ocean water in the whirlpool and they'll cut anyone who comes too close. So it's they very can't. <laughs> 
energy going on here. But uh, you know, so Jotaro is trapped in the whirlpool. The uh, the the you know the barnacles are still sapping Star Platinum's strength. He's still slowed down, and he's probably running out of air. So you know, Captain Tennille is taking time to uh, you know gloat gloat. And he's like, this is this is going to be, like, your final moment. Like, do you have any, like, last words? And when Dark Blue Moon approaches Jotaro to make the killing blow, uh, Star Platinum extends his Fingies. fingers, his yep. go-go gadget poking finger, out from the barnacles. And pokes his fucking eye out. And directly into uh, Dark Blue Moon's eyes, like, gouging them out and thus Yikes. killing Captain Tennille. Now, when I've thought about this... Over the years, the many years that I've spent pondering JoJo's, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and and I need to I need to triple check my sources here to to see if this is correct. Is um, I'm assuming that if a stand's range is a given distance, then it can operate within that distance, and that's why it, Star Platinum's fingers can extend because mm-hmm. it's not the last time. As you'll note, yeah. that this happens. So I think that as long as with as long as like the victim or the opponent is within a certain distance, you know, he can extend and, and hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't necessarily ever see Star Platinum do like Luffy arms, but he does do this finger thing a lot. Um, but Captain, you know, Tennille is defeated. But just as Jotaro kind of gets back on board, the entire ship starts blowing up because. Yeah. It was Tennille's plan to, you know, either kill them all one by one in the night, or if all else fails, just blow up the ship. So the ship blows up, and the JoJo gang are, you know, forced to go into lifeboats. There's one lifeboat with them, one with a group of the remaining sailors, and they're kind of adrift for a couple days uh, before, uh, you know... A massive freighter shows up. Yeah, a mysterious freighter yeah, emerges from the fog. It's odd what's going on here. I don't know what, but... Is that a ghost ship? And then this is the episode that Dan said, Jonathan, I don't trust you. <laughs> Take notes on a separate page. And I said, okay, Dan. Well, yeah, because, like, the little tiny, like, wiki summary that, that is here is kind of gives it away in the mm. first... Because it does, it, it does, it does become apparent within the first half of the episode, but I did not want this to get spoiled. Yeah, I pieced together one thing, but not everything. So this episode opens with like Dio and Enya yeah, in, having a, in Yaba. Well, he calls in her in Yaba. Yeah, yeah. Call, like having a conversation. And Dan and I are going. Dan, you should watch an anime. What is anime? <laughs> it is the culmination <laughs> of living without fear. All I want to do is be with you. <laughs> yeah. So like, and Yaba is is kind of like being like a sycophant towards him. Like I, my only purpose is to worship you, Dio, and she's. Like, like, Dio is, is kind of like, I believe I will have achieved the, you know, the peak or pinnacle of my existence when I live without fear. Yeah, and the and, only thing I fear is the JoJo's lineage. Yes, like, the potential of them taking me by surprise. Like, not even necessarily the current stars, but, like, I can't live knowing that these beings are out there who could pose a threat to me. And he does muse about going out and dealing with them directly, but Enyaba... You know, I've says, already like, sent seven tarot users. Yeah, that stands. work is beneath you. Wormsworth, yeah. 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 So she sends, you know, she's like, she's got the other tarot uh, stand users dispatched to go and deal with them. Uh, but it is, 
as the series keeps going, there is a certain sense that Dio is not necessarily back at full strength yet. That one reason why Inyaba probably wants him to hang back is because, you know, the matter of adjusting to, to Jonathan Joestar's body mm-hmm. has been taxing. So he's got to chill and keep, like, eating people to, mm-hmm. to you know, to get survive. his full strength because yeah. he needs to adapt better. Um, so they, uh, back, back, the main goobers board this large freighter, but it is understandably spooky because no it has there. no crew. Yeah. Uh, like Joseph goes around and he's like, all these gauges are pristine and <laughs> operational, uh, but there is nobody steering the ship. And then Polnareff's like, maybe they're all in the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the one odd thing of note is mm. a strange orangutan with <laughs> anime eyes who is in a cage behind the captain's quarters. And that's when I knew. And, you know, there's something suspicious about yeah. this orangutan. It said Dan could never. So, uh, while the the group is, you know, uh, exploring the deck, they kind of notice that some of the machinery is moving by itself, <laughs> and a hook comes Skewered down... Skewered through a sailor's head! Yeah, swings down through a sailor's head and kills him. Uh, so the the group is obviously tipped off to the fact that an enemy stand user is somewhere on this ship. They have walked into a trap, but they don't know the nature of it yet. Mm-hmm. So they dismiss all the sailors to like the you know the cabins bottom below. Yeah. Uh, and Anne should also like they tell her to go to a room as well. It's like because you guys got to stay out of danger. We will deal with whatever is doing this. Uh, Anne, out of curiosity, goes and sees the orangutan again to try to like talk to it as dan would yes to try yeah. to like reason with it like Speak with friend yeah who so so the orangutan which is not out of the realm of possibility for an orangutan <laughs> reveals like an apple and like starts to hand it to her yeah, but this apple looks perfectly cut as if it was just made yeah so it's like this this is new food like someone has to have been feeding you today and then this orangutan lights, does some things lights up a smoke lights up the smoke <laughs> takes out a playboy <laughs> Everyone's has, like, smoking. Has like the anime eyes, at it, and I go, "What is going on in this series?" Yeah. So he, that's again. If I couldn't get you with the first spoiler, you would have never known that I this monkey was going to start smoking. No. no. Uh, and 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 looking at uh, scantily clad pinups. Yeah. Um. But you know, obviously, this is not a conventional orangutan, and. You know, Anne doesn't quite quite gather it at first. No, the other sailors come and is like, "Hey, that that you know, as we learned in Nope, that that monkey could rip your face off. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to get away from this uh, this this cage. Just mm-hmm. come stay with us." Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne decides to go and then take a shower. Sure, and we get this gratuitous like twelve year old taking a shower scene. Yeah, it is. It's uncomfortable. Like, um, it's it's not. The, the, no, we it's don't not need necessary. That. Yeah. It's it's not like. Yeah, I. I'm not even going to try to justify that. Like, I... Mm-hmm. It, when I was watching this the first time, I assumed that, oh, it's going to be revealed that she's much, much older, and she's uh-huh. just, like, sure. like a love interest for yeah. Joe. But then it's... It, no, it's... No. She's a child. Like, it's readily apparent. So that that aspect of this has not... Um, is, is really yikes. And while she's in the shower, we see that the crew has been mangled, their faces torn off. Yeah, no, they've been fucking... <laughs> bl- Destroyed. Yeah. Um, because they were trying to get a radio working to contact people. Um, but, uh, the orangutan kind of corners and in this bathroom. Uh, but Jotaro is quick to kind of intervene and, and rescue her. Um, he punches the monkey, but 
this ape has a few other tricks up its sleeve yeah. uh, because it can seemingly manipulate the parts of the ship around it. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, it, it it sends a ceiling fan into Jotaro's shoulder, and Jotaro is mostly unfazed, but he's like, "Who who threw that?" And then the like, fan slaps him into the next hallway. Um. And he's confused by what's going on. He's like, if there was a stand here, then I would be able to see it by now. But then it occurs to him, the entire boat, boat yeah. is this orangutan yeah. stand. And as Jojo, as Jojo thought it, <laughs> as did I. And up on, uh, you know, uh, like the top deck, uh, uh, all of the other boys are, are being useless. absorbed yeah. into the deck because, uh, you know, the, the orangutan can pretty much, uh, you know, manipulate this uh you know ship however it wants it's it's all a stand it fades into the wall and it's very unsettling yes when this orangutan is like (laughs) and uh well specifically his name is forever oh that is the name of the the orangutan didn't get dropped um so forever re-emerges he has like jotaro pinned against the wall with all these pipes and stuff uh unable to move and he re-emerges from the wall in a captain's outfit with a with a pipe pipe and a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, to show and, how smart he is. And he's like, the, the narrator informs us that it basically, as far as Jotaro can understand, the you know, Forever is like, I've captured you all, you've all been defeated, strength, you know, reigns supreme, uh, you know, you failed. Uh, but Jotaro kind of gets his attention by flicking a jacket button into the back of his head. Yeah. And kind of riles him up. He's like, that's not part of your ship, is it? So Yeah. He's like, you don't you're not happy about that. He gets gets him angry. And he's like, mm, you can't control your temper because you're a beast mm-hmm. and I'm a dude. <laughs> and then, like <laughs> Yeah, this would rile Dan up as well. So for- <laughs> Dan would go <laughs> forever throw some barrels at me. <laughs> Fli- you- no, exactly. <laughs> Flies into a rage and goes to attack Jotaro, who uses the Starfinger technique again yeah. to uh Poke you know. this this poor orangutan's eyes. Well, not it, not uh, poor like- orangutan, but but like, uh, like he hits like the center of his forehead yeah. and just knocks him. It just back. looks uncomfortable, man. It I does. Don't want someone's fingers jabbed through my skull? No, certainly not. But uh, you know, forever kind of exposes its belly, and it's <laughs> like I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Notice I've never exposed my belly to you. Yeah, well, you've never admitted defeat, I've so I've never shown weakness to you. But, <laughs> but Jodro's like, nah. Like after all you've done, like, <laughs> you're gonna uh, like, die. You gotta be put down. Sorry, ape. And he, you know, delivers. We watched Congo for what, Dan? <laughs> That's true. We, we did. We Amy. learned nothing. We Amy, learned nothing. She an a- icon of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Raindrop drink, yeah. Oh, poor Amy. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, uh, you know, forever is defeated, and because of that, the ship begins to collapse and dematerialize because yeah. there's nothing Into a small, it. like, life is pie boat. No, yeah. Presumably yeah. that's what forever was on, yeah. actually. Um, but, you know, the group is once again stranded on, like, another, you know, life raft they are heading out to sea and they're hoping that uh you know they can stumble across someone to rescue yeah and then another th- interesting thing that jojo's does is it gives me the mid-episode segue five mm-hmm. minutes before the end of the, the episode yeah the last commercial I, said, I never really knew that yeah um, i don't know what to predict no no exactly i th- i turned to you i said there's half an episode left no just only a little one little uh, teaser so again dio's advisor you know and yaba <laughs> Uh, we see her clearly for the first time that she has two right hands Mm -hmm. and she, you know, kind of laments that, you know, strength has been defeated, but she assures Dio that there are still six other stand users 
uh, including her son left to face the mm-hmm. Joestars. I have a so. feeling that son will be the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we get revealed that there's uh, 46 days left in this yeah. this timeline. Because it's taken four days so far with all the delays. Uh, but the group does make it to Singapore, and the Joe Star group decides to stay at a luxury hotel uh, to start the next leg yeah, of their trip. Said, is this hotel a stand? I don't know. Mm. Which brings us to episode eight, The Devil. Mm. The devil. The Star group, uh, we kind of have, like, a, a scene in on, like, the Singapore street where a police officer citing the no littering policy calls Polnareff's luggage trash because he's walking around with, like, a, a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. And the cop accuses him of littering, and there's, like, a 500 Singapore dollar fine for that. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like Polnareff is just, is just uh, you know... Taking the piss in yeah. that scene. He's yeah. Or as we mocked. say in French, taking le piss down. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, and then Anne's still following along with them. Yes. She claims that she's going to meet her father in five days, so she'll hang out with them until then. Um, but the group is kind of like, obviously she can't travel with us forever because she'll be in too much danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the group checks into a luxury hotel. They all get, you know... Kakuin and Jotaro pair off in a room. We're both students. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was... A, I forgot to bring that up in the Dark Blue Moon episode. Uh, even in hot summer weather, Jotaro and Kakuin refuse to wear anything besides their oh, school yeah. uniforms. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Joseph's got an outfit for every occasion. Yeah, he's got summer seasonal. Yeah. He's got sailor wear. He's I was got like, everything. Oh, Joseph, a little fashion icon. I think he might be... Inchion is my favorite because he has all these outfits. Yeah, no. He he, yeah. Came, he came packed. He came prepared. I would have never predicted that. I thought this main uh, JoJo would be my fave, but so far. <laughs> um. So, you know, uh, Polnareff gets a room to himself. And he quickly realizes that one of Dio's assassins well, is already he there. He comes waiting into for him. this room as one is wont to do in a hotel, and he notices a creepy little doll. Immediately, I'd say, "No, yeah. this isn't it." Well, he assumes it's part of the room decoration. I don't know about that. And then he's like, "Oh, all my fridge food is out." So what's up with that? Well, yeah, that's he, we don't get. It doesn't like um all, like someone removed the contents of the fridge and didn't put them back. Mm-hmm. Come out, assassin, and sure enough, the assassin. Um, hiding in the fridge. Who in the original Japanese would have been Devo the Cursed. Uh, not like Soul Sacrifice, yeah. um, but Devo was obviously like a band. But they couldn't use <laughs> you that. You could do it all the time. But Dio was indeed, uh, Devo <laughs> was indeed hiding in the fridge. Uh, Polnareff easily defeats Devo with like a, a series of quick slashes. Yeah. Um, and then after taking this massive damage, Devo was like, you've, you know, you've committed a grave crime mm-hmm. by hurting me in this way. Like, you'll pay it back tenfold. And a backbend off the balcony. Yes. But his body does not hit the ground. Mm-hmm. By the time Polnareff gets to the balcony, he's nowhere in sight. Yeah, so Polnareff bandages his... Oh, he sits on the bed and he tries to give a call, right? Or he gets well, wounded first. No, yeah. for, he's yeah. looking over the balcony trying to find Devo when something slashes... He gets uh, like a chunk out of his ankle. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like, the, like the whole... Whatever the fuck that bone yeah, is, like that whole calf that, thing. That tasty little bone right there. Uh, sliced off, <laughs> and he doesn't know what did it. He yeah. assumes that it's and some... And his boot's fine, though. Yeah. His boots recover magnificently. They're they they heal taken fast. Out of them. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't know what, you know, the nature of this, you know, stand is, how it could have hit him, but he does call Joseph and Avdol to warn And he's him. like, come help me. No, 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 not... Dan. Says, he says, I'm going to, to come to, like, your guy's room. But even then. 
But it could just be, it yeah. could also just be that they didn't memorize each other's room numbers. What did they so pull? It's like, like a Stephen King's It? Yeah. Yeah. They're all on different floors for some reason? Really, yeah. Well, they were, because they were going up different staircases mm. at the start. But, uh, you know, so... Polnareff is like, I'll meet you at your guy's room in a second. Just let me bandage my my leg up. He calls room for, service. <laughs> to get extra medicine. Give and me bandages. medicine right this way, sir. Yes. And uh, he. So before he has time to kind of like really process what's going on, uh, he is he can't find his room key. So he's yeah. looking around for it. How did it get to the middle? <laughs> He crawls underneath the bed, and when he's under the bed, something, some small strange figure runs around the room and ties him around I mean, the bed. This would be a fun time in any hotel room nowadays, but... Uh, guffaw, guffaw, <laughs> but the, the uh, using, like, telephone wires and lamp yeah. wires ties Polnareff to the, to bottom, the bottom of the bed. bed. Yeah, which uh, initially I'm like, this is weird. And then slices all of the legs so that, you know... <laughs> I thought that was going to be how he was going to try and kill him. Just yeah. smush him with the bed. I said, this massive man, that's how he's going to die? It's going to take more than that to take yeah, down Yeah, I, I don't know about yeah. that. Um, but the, the, the little doll is revealed to be, uh, you know, devo-possessed it. The devil. Kind of, uh, yeah, it's the devil stand, or the ebony devil is the specific stand name, but it manifests via this little doll. Yeah. Um, We've seen Chucky, we know what to do. No, I was just gonna say. That series is apparently very good. The new one? Yeah, the Child's Play series is apparently very good. Yeah, I do need to check it out. It's like in season three or four right now. I do need to check that, the new one out. But for anyone who doesn't know, in the original Chucky, it was because... The evil cult leader Chucky, yeah. his blood splashed onto a you know Chucky doll that was on the yes. uh, like shelf at a toy store uh, before the main character purchases it. So uh, you know Polnareff is in a jam. He's stuck under the bed, and this little doll is like spearing through the bed to like taunt him, <laughs> missing his massive bod, and like you know probably on purpose to to mess with him. But he's going to to kill him. He's going to he's threatening to slice him up. <laughs> um, Polnareff makes a few fruitless attempts to fight back with Silver Chariot, but because he cannot see, uh, Devo's doll... He can't strike. Can't strike him. Yeah. Um, so that leaves, like, Silver Chariot flailing as the doll inflicts more damage against Silver Chariot, this thus This room to service guy walks in. He gets it. He's like, it. I've got your medicine. Polnareff is like, leave or you'll die. What? And the uh, Devo doll slices his face off. Yeah, this poor room service guy. And then, you Just know... Just trying to do his job at this Singaporean hotel. Drags him in, puts the do not disturb sign yeah. on the Some hotel comedy. door. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to finish off Polnareff. He covers the entire room in all the alcohol, beer, and juice that was in the mini fridge. <laughs> there, First off, Dan, I'm an experienced... Hotel connoisseur of alcohol. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be enough alcohol to douse the entire room. No way. Yeah. There, would, there would be like three, yeah. like thirty dollar cans of yeah, coke, like maybe like single sips. <laughs> yeah, and then single sip alcohol, yeah. but not not nothing to this level. No. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe this was this was this was very fancy. Um, but the entire room is doused in this stuff, and then the the doll is going to drop a hair dryer to electrocute Palmer. <laughs> what a way to go. Um, but. Luckily, Polnareff manages to attack the doll precisely by using the reflections of a piece of of pieces of mirror that, that he had shattered it. in the previous. Cool. I was like, "This is fine. Yeah. Like, I like this role. This is cool." He has to. Yeah, yeah you got to figure out yeah. how to take advantage as, of like as what's you mentioned. <laughs> um, so he then slashes the doll into pieces, destroying it, 
and then killing Devo, who was in a like a bathroom yeah. at the hotel. Are you okay, sir? I was hosing down the bathroom. Yeah, another <laughs> unsuspecting yeah. another unsuspecting employee comes and finds a man slash apart, yeah, in the bathroom stall. Um, Polnareff like reunites with the rest of the group. Yeah, bleeding, bleeding. He's like, Ugh! and they're like, finally, you showed up. You were ten minutes late. Well, Joseph's literally like, stop screwing around. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what friends! <laughs> Um, so, uh, they, you know, the group kind of then takes some time to rest a little bit, but Joseph and Avdol are still, like, trying to ponder over how, you know, because with Dio having, uh, Jonathan Joestar's body, he presumably can track, you know, Joseph and Jojo. And I don't know if we mentioned this before, but they, uh, Jonathan and, uh, the other guy, no, Mm -hmm. sorry, Jojo and the other guy went to Anne's room and is like, stay in here. Yeah. I don't know if that comes up again. I don't know if we're in this hotel. Jo- Jotaro and Cock and Cockween at this yeah. point are out like oh, yeah, walking right. the beach yeah. with Anne, yeah. uh, just out and about town. And while they're out, um, Joseph uses Hermit Purple on the room's television set. Yeah, he can use TVs too, apparently. Which you know the channels kind of Bumblebee style. Yeah, I was gonna say Bumblebee tunes together to form like a hidden message. And the message is is that Kakuin remains. You are an asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, but but Kakuin is still Dio's servant. He is a traitor in their midst, and you know he is going to you know exact vengeance. Kakuin, the Jonathan character, he's still in the Perhaps opening. So doubts. I don't, I don't know I, what could happen. Um, it'll be and it will be. We're gonna have a little bit of a jump here until you find out. Yeah. The, until this is resolved, yeah, we're gonna have a little bit. Yeah. But well, uh, not, not for our audience. It'll be like normal time. Yeah. For yeah, yeah but, for, but for, for you, for, for me, <laughs> I'll have to wait. Um, On bated breath. But, uh, you know, we see that Jotaro is out and about with Anne, and Kakuin is falling behind with, like, a shadow falling over yeah. his face. So I'm worried about him. I like him. Yeah. I wish he had more to do, but I, I do like him. Oh, he's, he'll get more to do. Oh, no. but, uh, yeah. but you're going to have to see how mm. the next time on Anime Was Not a Mistake. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it a cliffhanger there. Yeah, well, I, I, I enjoyed these episodes. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fun. There were a lot of twists and turns that I wouldn't have predicted it. I mean, I, I think I did a good job of predicting it without knowing, mm-hmm. but uh, the cool reveal that the ship was the entire stand was was nice. Yeah. I knew that doll was a stand the minute I let my eyes on it. I've seen enough Slappy the dummy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to, to know where that's going. But I, I thought it was a fun little quirky. It, it, it always surprises me. I never know where JoJo's going. And there's a lot of other little tiny details. Um, if you were paying attention to the TV mm. when when uh, Joseph was doing Hermit Purple, if you noticed those cartoon characters, I did, yeah. Something very similar to them will be coming very soon. Oh. Uh, but and of course, remember that Falcon and remember Enyaba. <laughs> How could I forget? Because they're all yeah. Enyaba is stuff. me, and the Falcon is the Falcon. Um, but no, I'm I I'm looking forward to, to to seeing your reaction to the rest of this. Again, always a thorough recommendation for our listeners if they want to check it out. Mm. Um, but yeah, anime I love, so yeah. glad to share it. Yes. Uh, so before we get into teasing, mm. uh, well, it'll be two weeks for us, but uh, for it'll next week's episode. It'll be the same episode, for the audience. They'll be fine. Um, do you have, is there anywhere the audience can reach you? Me? Jonathan Krakowski? You can follow me at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok. You can follow me at Drink and Read JK on the Twitter. And you can follow my other podcast, including Nightcaps of the Theater, where we take a look at a lot of JoJo centric movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you like reading and drinking, check out Drink and Read, where I read War and Peace and Dune. Of course. 
and if you want to see some art, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, as well as our adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake uh, podcast, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Well, Dan, you know next time we're careening to the edge of a precipice in Trigon. We are. We've got Brilliant Dynamite Neon, one of Dan's steadfast favorite characters in anime. He is. He's and a- he's got an exciting conclusion coming towards him, and then... Not only that, we meet one of my favorite anime characters being Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Okay, I'm yeah. excited. A preacher yeah. with a heart of... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fool's gold. Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> he does smoke a lot for a preacher, but I'm excited. Trigon's coming at us in part two, mm-hmm. where, I mean, the series has done nothing but uh, surprise me as I'm rewatching it. So I think it'll be a great, fun time with you. Of course, yeah. yeah. No, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so we're we're going from the high seas to the old west. Yeah. And I don't know, everything in between? No ooze. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. No ooze. Oh, All the way down. Cut the feed, cut the feed. Uh. <laughs>